Welcome to Turbocharging Teams, the series dedicated to helping you get the most from Microsoft Teams. So whether you're an IT pro or a power user or just an end user working with Microsoft Teams, we're glad you're here. My name is Kevin Keeler. I'm the co-founder of Enable UC, and I spend my days helping organizations and vendors get the most from Microsoft Teams. Uh, and I'm joined with my friend, colleague, and co-founder, Dino Caputo. Dino, why don't you introduce yourself and maybe comment on why we call this Turbocharging Teams? Thanks, Kevin. Yes, so I'm Dino Caputo, the other Enable UC partner and Microsoft Office Apps and Services MVP. So a turbocharger is really a device that's fitted to an automobile's engine that helps uh, improve the overall efficiency and performance uh, of the automobile. And it does this by forcing exhaust gases through a turbine, which forces more air into the engine, which creates more power. So we, you know, we call this series turbocharging teams because we wanted to empower users with tips and tricks that make the overall experience of using teams a better one so that they get more out of teams. So that's really the background on, on turbocharging teams. And it'll make your car run faster if you watch a series, I think. I think that's the other point. That's the whole point, isn't I'm it? I'm not really sure about that. So, you know, we're going to talk today about Teams and channels because that's really the foundation of, you know, Microsoft Teams, not surprisingly. Um, in Microsoft Teams, you can create a Teams. So, you know, Dino, what would, if you had to define what a team is from a Microsoft Teams perspective, how would you do that? Yeah, I would say that a team really is the overall uh, highest level of organizing uh, structure, whether that's, um, you know, a group of people that need to work together, a uh, project that you're working on. So just think of it as the, the you know, the, the overall arching bu bucket that collects uh, a group of people together to work on something. Okay, and so now let's talk about, you know, kind of some of the options that you have when you create a team because there's you know different ways you can do that so i know the first way is you can do it from scratch and then you can set up all the different options um and what we're going to take you through in, in this series the idea is not to go like step by step but just really to make you aware of some of the options and and to point out some of the options that we think are most important and you know because microsoft keeps improving microsoft microsoft teams um, there may be some options that if you looked six months ago uh, are new since then. So we just want to highlight those. So you can start from scratch, um, but what are some of the other ways to kind of accelerate the creation of a new team? Yeah, so certainly you can start from scratch. You can create from a group of uh, people. So in Office 365, there's things called modern groups, which are a collection of users. Um, so if you have existing groups already defined, you can certainly create teams um, from modern groups. That's probably the best place to start. Um, and the other one is um, if you have teams already created and you want to create a team based on a, 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 the same group of users or based on the same team structure you already created, then you could then you could also do that. Okay, so if you got it right one time, you can kind of you know duplicate that success. And then the, the there's another thing as well is you can create a team from a template. So Microsoft has created these different kinds of templates. So 
Um, in these templates, there's a, a team structure, and we're going to talk about the second part, which is channels. So for these templates, like they might have a they have a template for if you're going to manage an event. So Microsoft has put together, they say, hey, here's a team, here's some of the channels you may need. And in fact, then even in specific channels, they've installed some applications that they think would would help you. So that's another way. And, and there's a whole bunch of templates, I think, you know, manage a project, onboard employees, manage an event, as I said, there's, and I think they keep adding more. And I'm pretty sure if you want, you could even add some specifically for your organization. Yeah, that's right. You know, there's healthcare related ones, help desk. Um, and so that, you know, Microsoft tries to do, uh, you know, I think they do a decent job of trying to capture some of these um, common scenarios. So certainly, uh, you know, you use, organizations can explore utilizing one of those templates uh, to get started. Right. And then at a high level, like obviously when you create a team, you give it a name. Okay. That's kind of self-evident. But then, you know, really there's the, by, you know, the standard team, which is a public team, which means like anybody can find it and, and ask to join. And then there's also private teams, which I guess if you're working on a, like a top secret project, uh, you wouldn't necessarily want it to just to, to show up in the list of teams. And then there's a, a special team that's like an organization-wide team. So, well, how do you set that up, and you know, kind of, what's that good for? Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, uh, I guess essentially, if you wanted to hide a certain team just from somebody, you know, browsing for teams in, in their tenant or in their organization, you could create a team, and it just wouldn't show up in a search. Um, if you wanted a team that wanted more exposure, you could create it as a public team that somebody could easily find. Maybe it's HR policies and things like that that you would want to advertise. And then if you've got a need to create a team where everybody just needs to be a, a member of it, then you would create an org-wide team, which just simply adds all of um, an organization's user in there. So that Microsoft makes the teams makes it easier to uh, add everybody into a single team. So that, that would be a, a great reason to use an org-wide team. And I think, so it, just as you add any new user, they're just automatically made part of that team, correct? Yes, that's right. And, and I think, is the current limit 10,000 people or? Yes, it's 10,000, um, up to 10,000 people. So um, anything underneath that, I think it used to be 5,000 when, when right. Teams first came out. So they've recently increased it to 10. So um, if you're under that amount, that number, then you're okay. Okay. And, and there, and then when you set up a team, then you can like manage the team, and there's a whole bunch of settings. Um, and you know, I mean, like there's just regular stuff, like you can give it a picture and things like that. But um, more importantly, there's some important kind of permissions that you can set up on your team. And and for the most part, I think the defaults are pretty much everybody can do most things. Um, what are what are some of the key permissions that people may want to change in a specific team? Yeah, I think, um, and you're correct in, in that generally all the options are, are enabled, but things like um, whether you want members to create subsequent channels in your team, mm. um, whether you want them to be able to upload custom applications or uh, create and update tabs in a team. And these are all topics that we'll likely get into in other episodes, but you know, uh, other things like the ability to um, delete messages, you know, whether you want to, if you type a message and you want to delete it, 
the default is, yeah, you should be able to edit that. Right. Some orgs want to prevent that from happening. So if lots you type of it, you gotta own yeah, it. Yeah, you own it. So <laughs> you better be better be sure of what you're saying. So right. no, I could certainly see, and we're gonna talk about channels channels next, I think. But you know, clearly, so at the team level, if you've got a structure, maybe if you use one of those templates or you used a, a team structure before and it worked. You know, you you may say, okay, I'm not gonna. I don't want everybody to add a whole bunch of other channels and kind of dilute a, a working structure. So I could certainly certainly see that. Now, you know, there's also things like, and I'd encourage people not to turn these off, but I guess if you're very straight laced, you could like things like doing, you know, the emojis and the jiffies or giffies and the stickers. Um, I find that those are especially as you know, people are working. Well, maybe now all remote, but increasingly in a distributed fashion. Um, that's the, you know using some of that. What I think Microsoft puts it under a heading "fun stuff." So if you're not fun, you can turn this all off. But you know, I think that shows your personality. Like if you have you know a team member that's into I don't know Star Wars or something, maybe they want to put a lot of Star Wars uh, you know stickers or jiffies or whatever. Um, any any other kind of team settings that you want to highlight i mean people should yeah. go and look at them but yeah for sure i mean there's options around guests and a guest is somebody that's um outside your organization so you can certainly control the permissions of what guests can do right. um, how you want to deal with at mentioning somebody so uh whether you want the notifications like to hit everybody or how you control those and who can who can more importantly use at mentions um you know, and then creating things like tags, like um, organizing a subset of users within the team that you refer to. If you had two or three people that you were constantly referring to, you could create a tag for them so that you could just refer to the to that tag versus end up yeah. at mentioning three people. So, you know, things like that. Yeah, I feel that tags thing is like one of those features that nobody knows about, and even even people that know about it, they don't use it. But I've yeah. I've seen a good a good use case for that. I've seen is like if you're using it with uh, like um, frontline workers, maybe there's like you want to just like notify all the managers or something like that. But I don't yeah, know. I've sure. just the I only think, time I I've think, used the yeah. tag as as an example. But uh, there you go. So okay, so you gave at the beginning that relatively technical, the highest level hierarchy in the structure. That was what a team was. So then underneath the team, the lower levels of the hierarchy are channels. So really, a channel is is uh, you know where um, a specific conversation happens. So like if a team, if your organization decides to have a team be for departments, you know maybe it's the finance department, then we could have channels for the different projects we're working on, for instance. So um, we've got this channel and. You create a channel, you give it a name. Okay, that makes sense. Um, but there's also channel-specific settings. What are some of the ones? Why don't you start with some of the ones, and then I'll tell you the ones you forgot. Well, for sure. So certainly, um, um, the decision you have to make when creating a channel is whether you want to make it a standard channel or a private channel. And so, by standard, meaning it's just a default, out-of-the-box channel that everybody in the team has access to. So if there's a hundred members of this team. Then all hundred members of that uh, team uh, of that team will have access to the channel, which is great. 
But if you wanted to restrict access to a certain channel, say you had an HR team and within the HR team, you had a discussion about payroll that you wanted to restrict down. So then you could create what's called a private channel and that restricts it to members of that uh, team that you would select. So if there was out of those hundred, if there's only two or three individuals that needed access and could talk and see people's salary, then you would explicitly grant them those uh, permissions. So those those would be the top level uh, granular decisions in terms of creating a channel for sure. Right. And I think a private channel, like it, it has a little lock icon beside it. But so the other time I've heard a private channel, because um, it, it was asked for for a long time before uh, Microsoft released it, was in the education setting where they create classes but they wanted to create a private channel for like a teacher and teaching assistants where they could discuss the assignments and maybe, you know, how they were going to mark the assignments or what the right answers were, et cetera. So that was another good use case for that. But but there's a, a new type of channel that is, well, I think it's slowly rolling out. I don't think it's here quite yet, but it is a shared channel. So I think this is part of what, at Ignite, they called Team Connect. I don't know why they called it that. Teams Connect, yeah. Teams Connect, but I do understand what a shared channel is, but why don't you explain it for everybody else? Yeah, I mean, I, I just at a high level, um, a shared channel is one where you could invite external participants to collaborate in, into this channel. So previous to this announcement, if you wanted to collaborate with um, external users within your team and subsequent channels, you had to invite them as a guest and they had to tenant switch and it was kind of complicated and if effectively you were provisioning accounts for these uh, guest accounts for these users to be able to collaborate and they were switching into your tenant to, to collaborate with you there. So the, the notion of shared channels is that you don't have to do guest, it's kind of the opposite of guest. Everyone stays in their own tenant and can can see a copy of that team or channel or the, the channels you expose and then they can collaborate that way. So this is shared channels. It's hot off the presses. I don't think it's even in the in the testing phases yet, but they did make the announcement because I, I think a lot of people, a lot of organizations and are wishing for something like this. Right. Because guest access is quite frankly uh, cumbersome. Yes, no that. Yeah, especially like if you're like us working with a lot of clients, then we get invited to be a guest in those tenants, but it, it's quite unwieldy yes. right now, right? That's so, right. Yeah, uh, so looking forward to, to putting that through its paces and I'm sure we'll have more more episodes just to talk about shared channels. Right, and, and you know, one of the things <clears throat> that when you're setting up a channel, one of the important settings, um, at least I think it's important, is this concept of channel moderation. So um, by default, once again, it's kind of like the Microsoft approach is by default, most capabilities are turned on. The assumption is that, you know, people, members of your team can kind of equally contribute. But sometimes you may not want everybody to be able to post messages. So if you turn on channel mo moderation, then you kind of have two or three choices that you can further restrict. So let's say you had a channel that was designed for, I don't know, uh, corporate wide announcements. Well, you probably would want your communications people to have the right to post and then and maybe nobody else. Um, so you can turn on channel moderation and say only team owners can post. 
Um, and then you then can decide, are you going to let other members of the channel be able to reply? So they say, hey, we're doing no meeting Fridays. And then you let everybody reply and say, yeah, I love this or whatever. I can't imagine anybody hating that, but let's, maybe one person says, I don't like that. I don't like Fridays. But if, if, you, if you don't want those replies, then you can further restrict channel moderation and say, Look, only team owners can post and, you know, basically nobody can reply. And then I said two or three because the third set of options is maybe people inside your organization can post and reply, but you can limit what guests can do because they're not part of your domain. Right. So maybe you, you don't trust them as much. I don't know. So um, any other, I don't know. I think that those are, there are other options. Go in there, look at them, but I mean, any other important kind of options? Yeah, I mean, I think, um, you know, you covered the, the majority of them. I think you can configure some options around bots, being able to submit to channels and um, connectors. These are like technical things. Right. You may have automated processes that might be, you, you may have created, so you can control those things um, in a channel, but certainly, you know, you can explore all the different options, uh, within the team's client. If you're an owner of a, of a team and make those, uh, settings accordingly. Yeah. And I think, you know, it is important to, to set those up, um, properly. And then of course, if you get them set up properly and they're working for your organization, you know, that's, if you're going to create another kind of team, then that's why you might want to you know, use a template. The new team use a use yeah. a template. Use the existing team, right? If you if you get all those options, right? And I, anybody who you know, if you're responsible and allowed to create teams, um, certainly familiarize yourself with the options because they do kind of improve over time. And there's you know more granular options or additional options that are added both at the the team level and the channel level. Um, Anything else in terms of wrapping up this particular episode, Dino? Yeah, I think, you know, just to touch on the, the concept of governance and, you know, like, you know, who should obviously be able to even create a team in the first place. I think when your organization is starting on the path of teams, you should decide, like, do you just want to open it up for everybody or do you want to control who can create a team? That way you don't end up with um, something we refer to as team sprawl. So if it's wide open out of the box, which it is, then anybody can just create a team and you might end up with um, a lot of different teams. So certainly uh, that might be totally appropriate for smaller organizations, right. but in, in larger enterprises, I think it's, they're better suited to gate the process. So, um, you know, you can restrict that down to a help desk. So then a request might go in and you can have a form or something that is sent and then approved and a team can be created. So I think you need to consider those before, you know, uh, unleashing teams on onto your organization so that, you don't, you know, um, make the mistake of ending up in this uh, team sprawl situation. Yeah, I mean, like certainly if you have like 10 teams that have similar names and you're not sure which team it is, that's, you know, the idea is that teams and channels with an appropriate structure help you find information faster. But if you have like 10 teams that seem to be named HR, HR yeah, yeah. one is HR, one is human resources, one is people in growth, you know, whatever. I mean, that's not helpful. So certainly the bigger your organization is, uh, governance becomes a bigger, you know, deal. And we'll probably talk about that in more detail in another episode. And as mm -hmm. well, talk about how you can use analytics 
to identify maybe teams that aren't being used and so you might want to get rid of it or consolidate archive it etc but with that i think that's a great place to end this episode of turbocharging teams uh, once again um, you know our intent is to help your car run faster and your business life be more productive that's a broader a broader mission statement um, but if you have any feedback, please, uh, you know, you can see our contact information um, or episode ideas, send it over to us. And certainly explore the Microsoft documentation because there's a lot more detail on all these teams and channel settings as well. Thank you very much for joining us. Thanks.